Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, Living Water Community Church. How are you guys doing? I want to welcome everyone who's in the house, as well as all those who are joining us online today. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Sean, and I'm one of the privileged pastors here at LWCC. Last week, we kicked off a, a new series. But before I even go into that, um, I wanna, I'm just feeling in my spirit, and I want to remind everyone just something that was said in, in worship, that he's working it out. That, that was ringing heavy in my spirit, that he's working it out, and I don't know what it is for anyone, but he is working it out. It may be a health situation going on with you or in your family. He's working it out. It may be a financial situation going on in your world. He is working it out. There may be relationships that need to be mended, but as long as we're putting him at the forefront and trusting in him, he is working it out. Amen? We need to remember that word that was going off in my spirit, and I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, Last week, we kicked off our brand new series, series entitled DM Me. And I think that most everyone, when we did the the kind of show of hands, I think most everyone knew what that abbreviation DM stood for, right? We all knew that that meant direct message. So if you didn't know, now you know, direct message, DM Me. Me And we're talking about some of the things that God says, and we're using a, a fun twist on these different abbrevi- abbreviations and acronyms, um, but that was just one example. One example of those kind of communication abbreviations often used when you do text messages or stuff nowadays, uh, because that's just kind of what we do, right? There's a lot more. So I'm going to do a quick test, and I think PR might have covered some of these last week, but let's just let's do a quick, quick um, test here. If you know the answer... Just go ahead and shout it out. And if you're watching online, you go ahead and shout it out or you, ch- you put it in the comments or the chat, something like that. So first one, what's LOL? Laugh out, laugh out loud or laughing out loud. I think most people know that one. How about R-O-F-L? Rolling on the floor laughing. Very good, very good. L-M-K. Let me know. Very good. T-T-Y-L, talk to you later. I-M-O, in my opinion. Very, very good. How about I-M-H-O, which can be either in my humble opinion or in my honest opinion, which we should never really not be giving our honest opinion, right? Just saying. It's funny, I remember I had, a, I had a, a boss that I used to interact with him all the time, and uh, you know, he would ask me a question, and my response was, well, honestly, and he's like, yes, please be honest, because we should never not be honest, right? It was just something we say, but I was like, yeah, that's true. I should never say honestly. I should always try to be honest, but I'm talking about bosses, and with that same boss, he made up an acronym once, one of these, one of these abbreviations that you know, sometimes we'll make them up. Like they may not, it's not even a real, a real one. He came into my office one day and we were talking about something and he went to my whiteboard and he wrote down DCWPCWS. He's like, do you know what this means? I'm like, I have no idea what that means. 
And he says, don't come with problems, come with solutions. I'm like, I don't really know that that's an abbreviation that most people would know. But my point is, we make these things up and we kind of roll with them regardless of what it is. There's another very interesting one that's become popular. It's become very popular. And it's interesting because it really speaks to where we are as a, as a culture and as a society today. And I'm referring to this one. TLDR. TLDR. Do you know what that one stands for? Do you know what that stands for? Well, it stands for too long, didn't read. Too long, didn't read. This is a real abbreviation that's used every single day. And if I give you some kind of background on what this is, essentially it means, give me the Cliff Notes version. Give me the condensed version. I don't need to know the whole story. Just kind of give me the, the takeaway points, the stuff that I really need to know, right? That whole shortened concept. We have um, our IT department at, uh, at the, the company that I work for, and it's oftentimes that IT is sending out an email that has all this technical detail of, hey, this is what we're, a change we're making, something we're going to do, this is what you need to do, da-da-da-da, this is when we're going to do it, what it's going to look like for you, and it'll be this super long email. But at the beginning of the email, what IT is great in doing is they put, TLDR, make sure you're paying attention on this day because it's going to look different. And then they'll give you the whole explanation. Too long, didn't read. Now, nowadays, if things are too long, if things can't be done quickly, it's often a non-starter to even try or even to engage in whatever that's going on. Even trying to talk to people, trying to have a conversation with people, and I'm not talking about strangers, just trying to talk to people nowadays, it presents a whole new challenge because conversations need to get to the point quickly or you lost the person, you lost their interest, They've tuned you out completely. Get to the point. I happen to know this from personal experience, and I'm not going to say how I know. LOL. That was my way of laughing right now. Anyway, my goal today is to apply the TLDR shortened concept to the message today. So don't tune me out. LOL. Last week, we celebrated Easter, and we're still in the Easter, Easter season, right? But there's a question that came to mind. It came to mind last week for me. It came to, to um, mind the week before as I was just thinking about what Easter represents and all that we, we look at and, and really um, um, pay attention to. And it's a there's a question that it led me to ask. And the question that is, I ask, sorry, is, what if Easter didn't exist? What if Easter didn't exist? And you might say, hey, that sounds vaguely familiar because I think you did something like that around Christmas. What if Christmas never existed? And if you remember that, I'd say, yes, you're right. You have a great memory. I did talk about that. But I think it's important to make sure we keep perspective when we talk about things, last week we go over the Easter story and what Easter represents, but there's a perspective that I believe is very important to understand. What if Easter never existed? Before I jump into the text today, let me ask you this question. How many of you, by show of hands, and if you're at home, you can throw your hands up as well, have heard of a man named Harry Houdini? Okay, most people have heard of Harry Houdini. Well, he died 
back in 1926. But his claim to fame was that he was a magician. He was a magician who specialized in spectacular escapes. That was his claim to fame. He was the greatest of his time for sure. He was the greatest. You would put him in a coffin. They would seal a coffin. Guess what? He would escape from that. They would rivet him inside a boiler. He escaped from that. Sewed him up in a canvas bag. He escaped from that. They locked him up in a milk can. He escaped from that. They even put him in a maximum security prison. He escaped from that. Good old Harry somehow got out of that one. But in October 1926, death laid his hands on Harry Houdini and put him in a grave, and he's yet to escape that. As a matter of fact, before he died, he told his wife, if there's any way out, I will find it. And if there is a way out, I'll make contact with you and we'll do it on the anniversary of the day that I die. For 10 years, his wife kept burning a candle by his portrait, waiting for him to return. And at the end of 10 years, she turned out the light. Death had Harry and he couldn't escape. Death also laid his hands on Jesus. We spoke about this last week. Death laid his hands on Jesus and put Jesus in the tomb. Jesus died. A large stone was set in the mouth of the tomb. There was a guard set outside, and the Roman government put their seal on that tomb. It is finished as, as far as they're concerned, just like Jesus said on the cross. But on that third day, and we know the story, on that third day, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He rose from the sleep of death, that permanent death, and he passed through the walls of the sealed tomb. Jesus Christ is alive. We know this. We believe this. He's not behind us in a tomb, but yet he's before us on a throne. Amen? That's what we celebrated last week. That's what Easter was all about. But back to my question. Suppose that had not happened. Suppose it didn't happen. Suppose death still held Jesus like it does Harry Houdini. Then what? What if Easter really didn't exist? Well, the Apostle Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 15. And although it will be on the screen... I'm going to read it for my TLDR people. 1 Corinthians 15. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the, from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, 
all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would open our ears today. Father, you would give us eyes to see. Lord, you would give us a brain to understand and a heart to, to receive what you might be saying to us today. Father, we ask that you would be the focus of our attention for the next few minutes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what if Easter didn't exist, if it never happened? It's really a pretty loaded question. It's really a pretty loaded question. That's why I say perspective is important because it's a question that should be considered and thought about very, very carefully. Why? Because the truth is an entire faith hinges, hinges on this very event. An entire faith hinges on this event. Churches today exist because they believe in Easter. Because they believe in Easter. In the resurrection of the Christ. Countless millions of people place their faith in Christ because they believe his resurrection to be true. Amen? So what would our lives be like if the resurrection never occurred? If Easter didn't exist, what would our lives be like? Well, let me tell you. Number one, our message would be powerless. Our message would be powerless. Notice what it says in verse 14. If Christ had not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. In context, the word useless means without effect or powerless, no power. Paul is saying that if Easter doesn't exist, if Easter never happened, then our message has no value. It is absolutely powerless. And what is this message that we're talking about? What message would be powerless? The, pes- the message that says God so loved the world, that God so loved you and me that he sent his son to die for you and for me, that he took your place, that he took my place. What you deserve and what I deserve was laid on him, the price for our sin. That he suffered, that he died, he was laid in a tomb. This is the message but that he rose again on the third day, third day, amen, by the power of Almighty God. He rose by the power of Almighty God. This is the message. Then he ascended into heaven, and he's seated beside the king. He's seated beside the Father right now. And that victory over sin through the cross happened, victory over death through the resurrection. There was victory over death through his resurrection. That is the message. But if Christ didn't rise, if he didn't rise, then Easter doesn't exist. What we celebrate doesn't exist. It doesn't matter. And if Easter doesn't exist, then our message, that message, is powerless. It has no value. It has no power. You see, the purpose of preaching is to proclaim the good news of Jesus. That's what we want to do. We want to proclaim and tell people about the good news of Jesus. But without the resurrection, there really isn't any good news. Because the news stops that there was a man who came to die for your sins, and he's dead. 
If that's where that ended, that's not really good news. Think about presenting the gospel to someone that way. Think about presenting that, the good news, right? Can you imagine telling someone, you know, because of their sin, because of your sin, friend, family member, co-worker, because of your sin, you're going to be separated from God. You're going to be separated from God for all eternity in a place called hell, a place of fire and brimstone and suffering and torment. That's where you're going. Can you imagine the person coming under conviction of their sin and saying, you're right, I've sinned against God. I know I'm deserving of these things. I'm deserving to go to hell. That's what, that's what I deserve. And can you feel the person, can you imagine the person feeling the full weight of all their sin and have them beg you, how can I fix this? What can I do? How can I, how can I make amends with God? How do, I, how do I make this crooked path straight? How do I do this to escape the coming wrath of God? If Christ was not resurrected, all that you could say is, hey, good luck with that. That's what your message would be. You know, good luck with that. I'm going to try to figure it out too. Good luck with that. Now you know that you carry this heavy weight. Sorry, I can't help you. Not only would that be a downright cruel message to ever share with someone, but it would absolutely be a powerless message. It would have no help no value. There's nothing that we could benefit from in that message. If there was no Easter, then our faith would be useless. Our faith would be useless. Paul continues on and says, if Easter didn't exist or if Christ had not risen, then our faith is useless. In other words, what good is faith in Christ if he hasn't risen from the dead? What good is it to have faith in this man if he hasn't risen from the dead? Because if Christ hasn't risen and it's all a myth, it's all in our heads and it's not true, then there's no need to trust your life in his. There's no need to follow him for that trust. It doesn't make sense. And I believe that every one of us has a deep desire whether we know it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, every one of us has a deep desire to find something or someone that we can trust. We all want that. Someone or something that we can trust in. Someone that when, when things seem to be falling apart in our lives, nothing is going right, something we can trust, something that remains strong, something solid that we can grab onto. We all want that. No matter how things no matter how bad things get, we need that. We're all looking for that. When we're looking for a, for a husband or we're looking for a wife, we're all looking for someone that's trustworthy. I mean, I hope we are. We're looking for someone that's trustworthy, that we know if they, they got our back and we're going to have their back. Someone who's going to be faithful to us over the course of time. But even in the best relationships, people fail us and people let us down. I don't think it's their intent, but even in the best relationships, people will fail you. People will let you down. And as I said, I believe in our hearts that we all are longing to be completely, um, to, to have complete trust in someone or something. Someone who's not going to lie to you. Someone who's not going to let you down, as I said. And if Jesus Christ didn't rise, 
If he didn't rise from the dead, then we can't trust him with our lives. If he did not rise from the dead, we can't trust him with our lives, and we certainly couldn't trust him with our eternity if he did not rise. Finally, without Easter, our salvation would be pointless. Salvation would be pointless. In verse 17, it says, If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. You are still guilty of your sins. If Easter didn't exist, there would actually uh, be no such thing as salvation. There wouldn't be a concept of salvation that we could cling on to if Easter didn't exist. Salvation promises the forgiveness of sins. It promises that we have a, a, a path to heaven after we die on this earth. It is the promise of forgiveness of sins. But the Bible says that if Christ had not been raised, then we're still guilty of our sins in our sins. If he's not raised, the sins are all on you. If we're not forgiven, we owe the debt ourselves. Salvation promises a future, a resurrection one day, a home forever in heaven. But if Christ has not been raised from the dead, if Easter didn't exist, we couldn't expect to be raised from the dead either. You hear me? If, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, we shouldn't expect that we could be raised from the dead either, right? And you see, a major part of salvation is the forgiveness of sins and the promise of resurrection for everyone who believes in Christ. Do I have anyone in the house today who calls himself a follower of Christ? It's a promise for us. But if Jesus didn't rise, then we can't experience salvation at all. We can't. Think about it like this. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then we're still guilty of our own sins before God. We're still guilty of our own sins when we face Judgment Day, when we face the righteous judge who never gets it wrong. And if we're guilty of our own sin, we still owe our own sin debt. And the Bible talks about the wages of, of sin is death, right? We cannot have fellowship with God at all. We can't have it at all because sin separates us from God. God cannot be in the presence of sin. So if we are responsible for our own sins and we have that on us, we can't be in God's presence. Therefore, heaven is no longer an option. It's no longer an option. If we're still in our sins, that means that God is holding our sins against us as individuals. To have fellowship with God, our sin must be forgiven. I'm going to say that again for those at home. To have fellowship with God, to be in God's presence, our sin must be forgiven. It must be forgiven. No resurrection equals no forgiveness. No resurrection, no forgiveness. Folks, things would be very, very different if there was no Easter. Be very different if there was no Easter. Now for my TLDR folks, Pay attention. This is what you need to know. Easter did happen. It does exist. And that is good news. No, that's not good news. That is great news. 
And because of that, our message is not powerless. Our message carries a lot of power. Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. I'm going to say that again. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. It didn't say saving a couple people. It didn't say saving only the young ones or only the old ones. It says saving everyone who believes. Amen? Amen. I wonder if there's anyone in this place right now who could use a little bit of God's power. I know I could use some God's power. As a matter of fact, I could use enough power that the power could overflow from me and help spill off some power on everyone else. I would love that much power. I would love that much power. Jesus Christ can fill us up, and things that aren't going right, he can change things. Life can be completely different. That doesn't mean there aren't troubling times. That means that we have a rock that can help us navigate through those troubling times. That means that we have someone in control that when we see a wall in front of us, that person can say, yeah, wall what? Mountain move. Go on, son. Go on, daughter. Continue on your path. That is the God that we serve. Our God is almighty and all-powerful. Amen? Amen? Our message is not powerless. Our message has the ability to change lives. Jesus Christ, the message of Christ, has the ability to change your life. And I'm not just talking about your life when you die, because we all will die at some point. I'm not talking about changing your life and your trajectory once you die. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about while you're on this earth walking around. The power of Christ can change your life. Because of Easter... Our faith is not in vain. Our faith is not in vain. Jesus rose from the dead. It's real. It's not fake. It's true. It's not a lie. I see all these, I see different stories and videos on, on YouTube and all over the place where, where people are trying to come against anything they can do to come against Christ and the message. I see, I see messages online saying that Jesus was a racist and Jesus lied. I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? How about you spend some time reading your Bible? How about you understand, get to know your God? Don't just listen to something someone says and say, oh, is this true? How about you get to know God personally because he's looking for that. He's looking for that. And you've heard Pastor Rick say it a lot of times in this church. I love what our church represents because we have, we have people from all different nations and cultures and ethnicities in this church and you've heard Pastor Rick say it, if you can't get along with people that look like, look different than you, you're going to have a real hard time in heaven. Amen. You're going to have a real hard, so you might as well start practicing right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. As a result of the fact that we know he rose and it's real, we can live our lives for him. We can live our lives. It's not in vain. It's not a waste of time. Paul says in Galatians, uh, Galatians 2, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because Christ is risen, you can trust him. Because he's risen, 
you can trust him. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your family. You can trust him in your relationships, even the ones that seem hard, even the ones that you don't have any interest in mending and fixing. You can trust him with those too. You can trust him with those too. You can trust him with your friendships. You can trust Jesus in your finances. You know that? I mean, I don't, I don't, the Bible doesn't say that he was like an accountant or a financial guru. You know, it doesn't say that he was like a Dave Ramsey kind of guy. But I promise you, I promise you, you can trust God with your finances. You can trust him with your future. You can trust God with your todays and your tomorrows. This is not just about when we pass and move on to the afterlife. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the rest of your life walking on this earth. You can trust him with your future. He is trustworthy. Folks, Jesus paid all. He paid for our sins when he died on that cross. He paid for our sins. But the resurrection, the resurrection is just as important to our salvation. It's just as important to our salvation. No resurrection, no forgiveness. No resurrection, no forgiveness. No forgiveness of sin, eternally separated from God. Romans 4, 25 he was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Thank you, Jesus. The reason that God raised his son from the dead was twofold. Twofold. Number one, it was to vindicate that Jesus was truly innocent of his sin. Innocent of sin. He had no sin. He was truly innocent of sin. That's one of the reasons God raised him. He couldn't have raised him. He wouldn't have raised him if that wasn't the case. The other reason why, why he did it was to validate the forgiveness for us, to validate our forgiveness. You see, this was God's way of saying, you know what? I've received Christ's sacrifice as forgiveness for you, my son, for you, my daughter. On this week after Easter message, I'm so thankful that Easter does exist. I'm so thankful that Easter does exist and that Christ is risen. You've heard me say it before that if Christ came and lived a sinless life and he went with a mission to take all the sins of every single person that, that lived past, present, future, they were all poured on him. If he went and he accomplished his mission and he died and he said, Father, it is finished, and he gave up his spirit and he died, and he was buried in the tomb, if the story stopped at that point, it's all for nothing. I'm thankful, but it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. But that's not where the story ended. That's not where the story ended. Jesus rose, and we know that. Salvation is, is, the, is not pointless. It is not pointless. 
In fact, it's absolutely essential and it's necessary. Salvation is the point. That is the point. That's the bottom line. And I want to give every single person, both in here today as well as those watching online, regardless of when you're watching, I want to give everyone the opportunity to meet my Jesus, to meet my God. But not just to meet him, but to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior and to have him become your Jesus. It's one thing for, as I said, it's one thing if if Jesus just died for our sins, and I'm grateful for that, but it's a lot more than that. The fact that he rose, the fact that we are able to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, Easter as we call it, that is what it's all about. If that didn't happen, nothing matters. The grave couldn't hold him. Harry Houdini is still in that grave today. Jesus Christ has risen. He's not there. The scriptures tells us, why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus Christ has risen. He's no longer in the tomb. We serve a risen God. We serve a living God. Amen? And if you hear what I'm saying this morning, and if you understand what I'm saying, and if you have not already made that decision to surrender your life to Christ, and you want to, and I promise you that God wants you to. God wants, he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants a relationship with you. So if that's you and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity today. Again, you could be in this building right now. You could be watching online. And there's a second set of people that I also want to address. Those that know about Jesus. Maybe even those who have accepted Jesus. But you, you know you're not where you need to be. Because the expectation is that as Jesus comes into your life and he's changing you, you are surrendering yourself to his lead and to his guidance. And for a lot of people, that's challenging. To surrender the control of your life, the direction you're going in, to anyone but yourself. That's a challenge. That's a real challenge. And God isn't trying to judge you, and I'm not trying to judge you if that's the situation you find yourself in. But I want to offer you that. Uh, I want to offer those people the opportunity to to make a decision today to, you know what, I'm going to re-up this. Lord, I know I've been going in this direction. I know I've been listening to a voice, and the voice happens to be my own voice. Father, but today I want to yield to your lead, to your voice. If I have anyone in those two categories, those who have never accepted Jesus or those who have accepted but, but they want to recommit their lives and start new with him today, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you fall into either one of those categories, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. And it's an audience of one. No one is looking at you. No one is judging you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Is there anyone else? Lord, I need you in my life. I see your hand. And if you're at home right now, put your hand up as well. This is an audience of one. I see your hands. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. We serve a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. We serve a God of thousands of chances. I believe that when, when, the, when, the, when the Scripture talks about 
How many times should I forgive my brother who's done me wrong? And the, and the scripture talks about 70 times seven. That's just a figurative number for how many times, because it's really, it's, it's, it's a high number. But I believe Jesus looks at the same thing and says, how many times am I going to forgive them? He's like, there's no limit. There's no limit. How many times can someone come back to me? There's no limit. Jesus, you are good. You are faithful. Even when we are faithless, you have been faithful to us. We thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask everyone to, to bow their heads, close their eyes, and just say something like this from your heart. Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Lord, I surrender my will to your lead. I thank you for your sacrifice. And I believe that you lived a perfect life, that you died for my sins, but you didn't stay dead. Lord, I believe that you rose three days later. And because of that resurrection, because of that miracle, Lord, you allow me to share in your glory. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me new from the inside out. Have your way in my life, Lord. Change my, my thoughts, Lord. Change my, my worldly mindset. The things that are important in the world, Lord, you, you write my agenda. Lord, you tell me what's important. And Father, I pray that you would give me the boldness and the courage and the strength to carry it out the way you want me to. Even if the world turns its back on me, I would rather please you than the world. I commit my life to you, or I recommit my life to you today, Lord Jesus. Thank you. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.